everyone, it's Sarah. Today's story is from Lena, and something that struck me about her particular experience was how sometimes we might notice a few potentially weird things when we first meet someone, but that doesn't always mean it's not just in our head or that something is actually wrong. And maybe we don't have evidence and it's not enough to outweigh the good yet. And so far there seems to be lots of good. So unless we just walk away and don't give it a chance, to some degree, we do have to walk some situations out before we can truly make a decision. In Lena's case, her intuition is crazy strong, but she and Daniel connected in ways that were very personal to her. So while she tried to maintain a certain pace and healthy boundaries as their relationship began, he pursued her hard. And surprise, surprise, at some point, his behavior changed and she knew it. Well, come to find out, he was right. He was an awfully busy guy, and she was right. She had a lot of homework to do. I moved to Mexico City in the fall of 2021. I was just really excited for this new, fresh beginning. I downloaded the apps and I wanted to go out on dates and I was and I was having a great time and I was meeting a lot of really wonderful people. It was late September of 2021 that I met Daniel. We went out on a date and I was really attracted to him and we had a lot in common. But I just remember thinking like something is a little... I wouldn't even say that I thought it was off. It just felt like he was a little bit closed off. And I thought maybe he's just shy and I'm kind of attracted to shyness. So I didn't really think too much of it, but I do remember thinking that there was, that the connection wasn't quite as I would want it to be or would hope that it would be. But I decided I would give it a chance because we really did seem to have so much in common. So it was actually me that asked him out on the second date. I don't know. It was just this kind of snowball that happened from there where everything just moved really quickly and got really intense. I mean, he even deleted, well, I thought, <laughs> thought he deleted his Bumble account the day after our first date. And on our third date, he kind of tried to have like a define the relationship conversation with me. And he wanted to know what I felt about him, where I saw things going. He said he wasn't interested in like seeing or dating anybody else because he felt really connected to me. I mean, I was a little bit more like, okay, let's put, let's put on the brakes because at the time he actually wasn't living in Mexico City. He was from the city. He had grown up there. His whole family was there, but he had spent the last 16 or 17 or 18 years, I don't know, in Europe. And he was living in Italy at the time, but he was telling me that he had been considering like moving back to Mexico City to be close to his family because his parents were getting an older and his brother had kids and he just thought it would be good to be close to them. And so he was saying that he was planning to move back probably at the beginning of the year. So the start of 2022. So I said, okay, well, let's just keep getting to know each other in this time while you're back in Italy. And if you do move back to Mexico, we can continue dating and we'll just be in touch in the meantime. It just was really intense. And we ended up 
I think, becoming kind of, quote unquote, serious in these months that he was away. We told each other that we loved each other. We talked about possibly moving in together and starting a life together and making these plans for the future. And when he came back, he ended up telling me like, okay, I got the approval from my work. I mean, he worked remotely anyways. I don't really know why he needed this approval, but well, (laughs) think that that comes later, my understanding of all that. But he had gotten approval from his job to relocate to Mexico. He moved back, I think it was like February 1st of 2022 or somewhere around there that he quote unquote moved back to Mexico City. And honestly, just from the very beginning, it just seemed different. Something seemed off somehow. It was like, I was noticing an inconsistency in him that I hadn't seen before. Well, I mean, not that I had a whole lot to go on, but (laughs) yes, I was just noticing that something was different and something was off. And I felt like there was kind of this element of false promises being made that that was coming through that I started to feel like, well, I can't really trust your word because you say one thing, you do another, you say you feel one thing, but your actions show something very different. It was just very confusing to me. But at the same time, I had kind of fallen into a bit of a depression while he had been away. And it was not related to him at all. It was connected to kind of my own stuff that had come up for me around my past with childhood and my parents. And I don't know, I just kind of spiraled into a dark place. And I thought that maybe he had come back and he had found me he just found somebody he wasn't expecting to find or like it wasn't the same Lena he had known before he left or that our dynamic was affected by this. And and so I began from the very beginning to really kind of blame myself for this shift that I saw in him and to think that I was the one that was responsible for this kind of change that I was seeing or this dynamic that was developing between us, which was really kind of rocky and strange. He would just insist that he wanted to be with me and he wanted to make it work and he wanted to really try to move beyond whatever had kind of shifted between us. We had ended up going on a trip for 10 days to the Cancun area. He had a cousin there And we stayed with her a few days and we stayed in some properties that she owned. I felt like things got really weird while we were there. And there were arguments we had that I didn't really understand. Like it was the first, we had our first argument where we went to bed and like didn't even speak to each other. And it was just so bizarre. It just felt really strange. But again, I kept blaming myself. But it was interesting how it was really during that trip that I kind of started to feel like I'm seeing one person, but I'm not sure if I believe in this person that I'm seeing. So there was a moment, for example, when we had gone to dinner with his cousin and she was upset about some things that were happening in her own personal life. And she started to cry And he went around the table and sat with her and put his arms around her and was comforting her. 
And there was a part of me that thought, oh, he's just so sweet and genuine and caring and kind, because that is really how I perceived him to be just this really, really wonderful person. (laughs) But at the same time, there was another part of me that thought, wow, he's performing like this is so fake. And I just thought, like, why am I having these two completely different thoughts? Why is this coming up for me? And again, I just kind of explain it away, like, oh, I'm just being paranoid, which was something I had been telling myself a lot when these weird feelings about his behavior would come up. I would just say, no, I'm being paranoid and I'm projecting my insecurity onto him. And it's really because I'm not in a good place and I'm not feeling good about myself. And so I'm seeing something negative in him, but it's really just a reflection of what's going on within me. There were just so many weird moments on that trip where he just got a phone call at one point and just like literally ran away and disappeared for like an hour. I was like, where did he go? Like I, it was just so strange. So many strange things happened. When he came back, did he ever explain to you what that phone call was? (laughs) Well, supposedly it was a work call, but in general, he acted very different about his work calls while we were there. He didn't want his company to know that he was traveling, that he was not in Mexico City as he said he would be. He didn't want them to see like a background of tropical trees and he would try to be like in a place of very monotone. It was just odd. I mean, again, at the time I was just believing everything he was saying, but at the same time it seemed odd because I had been in the room many times when he'd been on work calls. And I just knew that they didn't really care about that. They didn't really actually care where he was. It was odd. But in that, at the time, I really believed. It's a good cover. Yeah, yeah. Work was consistent kind of thing. And that would come up about how, oh, my, this about my work, and I have to do this for my work. And I'm so committed to this. And, and it was like the reason that a lot of our plans would get canceled or that things would change. You know, it was always about his job. When we came back from this trip, might've been like a week later, we had gone out to dinner and I was telling him about the sadness that I was feeling about the stuff from my past, the things with my childhood and my parents. And I got really emotional. I was sobbing at the table And he started mocking me, (laughs) making fun of the way that I was crying, which again, was something to me that seemed really strange and out of character. He was just like, okay, I think it's time that you see a therapist and quit all this boo-hoo-hooing over this situation. And it was just so bizarre. I was like, I don't even know who I'm seeing right now, you know, it was so counter to the person he had been up until that point. We walked home, we were going back to his place, I was going to spend the night there. And honestly, I was really angry. I was fuming inside and also feeling very confused about the way he had behaved. And we were just like completely silent on the walk. And then when we got to the apartment, he was like, okay, what's going on? Why are you upset? And I was like, I mean, you were making fun of me in a very vulnerable moment where I'm sharing something that's really painful for me. He just kind of 
shut it down. Like he just said, okay, well then let's not talk about your family anymore. Just don't share those things with me anymore. I was like, I don't understand like how that is a solution, right? It's not a solution and it's not an apology. Right, right. It was just very upsetting for me. I was like, I don't understand how this is the way that we're going to resolve this issue is I'm just never going to talk about a hugely significant part of my life anymore. I was very upset by his response or his lack of response or whatever. I don't know, just the way that he was reacting. And I said, honestly, like, I don't, I don't want to stay here. I'm going to go back to my, my own apartment. And he was very upset about that. And I said, I like, I really just not comfortable right now. I really don't feel good about the way this is unfolding. And I don't want to spend the night here. So I left and he ended up going on a trip with some friends that weekend. And I think this was like a a Thursday night and he had left on Friday and we didn't speak too much while he was away. And then he came back on that Monday. He came to meet up with me and I was supposed to be leaving the following day to go visit my family in the U S. So that day that we saw each other again, he broke up with me. And he said it was because he really didn't like the way that I had handled the situation (laughs) that I had left. And he's like, what would you do if we were living together? And I was like, well, I mean, I probably would have gone to another room. But at the time he was living with his brother. So I was like, I mean, I just felt kind of trapped. What am I supposed to do? I had to either stay with you. And I didn't want to. I really didn't want to, you know, and I, I decided to go back to my own place. And this isn't marriage yet. Right. <laughs> You're not living together yet. And he just treated a really emotional experience of yours very flippantly. And I think it was better of you mm-hmm. to remove yourself from the situation rather than blow up on him. I mean, nobody would feel safe. Of course, it's it's classic. He's just he's going to try to find a way to make it your fault. I'm sorry. I'm like going off over here. Yeah, it's okay. I was just so confused. I mean, again, I got really emotional and upset and I was actually supposed to be facilitating a session of a leadership development program I was running in the next hour and I canceled it. And I was like, there's no way I can't. I'm really upset. And he stayed with me and he was comforting me and he asked me if he could spend the night with me. And he was being so sweet and so compassionate and caring. And he ended up staying the night with me. Then he took me to the airport in the, the next morning for my flight home. After he, he insisted on doing all this and was being super sweet after breaking up with you. Yes. Yeah. What a mind F. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and I was really like, okay, this is who I know him to be, right? This is the real Daniel. And so I honestly, like I had hope okay, we really love each other. We'll be together again. And that's how I was feeling. And we went to the airport and we were hugging and he was crying. And then the first few days I was away, it was like we were texting each other and speaking like very normally. I ended up saying, what exactly is going on? Like, are we broken up? Are we not broken up? What's happening? Like, can we... I asked if we could have a video call just to talk through whatever was happening. And when we spoke, he said that he really did want to be with me, 
and that maybe it would be good while I was away on this trip at home because I had also thought, okay, maybe this time when I'm visiting home could be a good time for me to kind of work through the things that that have been coming up for me in the last months around my family stuff. And maybe this is a good time for me to just face that and process it. And so he said, you know, you've been wanting to do that anyway. So maybe these couple of weeks while you're there, we just won't speak as much. And we'll touch base when you come back and see how we're feeling about things. I said, okay, let's do that. We talked a bit now and then, but not to the amount or the extent that we normally would have. And then he texted me the day before I was supposed to fly back to Mexico City. And he asked me if he could meet me at the airport. Oh, well, I forgot a very important part of the story. While I was home, I found out I was pregnant. Which was really a mind fuck for me because I haven't wanted to have kids. For years, I've been really clear that I don't want to have kids. But it was actually something that had been kind of a point of a lot of discussion and conversation between us because a few months into our relationship, he had started to tell me that he he had really never wanted kids. But now that he was with me, he could, you know, envision that differently. And he was really starting to have this desire to have a family and he really wanted to share that with me. Honestly, it was like something that he brought up a lot And I would always say, you know, but I'm pretty clear about how I feel. And if we're really not on the same page about this, then it really doesn't make sense for us to be together. You can be in a relationship with somebody who wants that as well, because maybe that's never going to happen between us. And then at, at some time in the future, you'll become resentful of me because you missed out on this thing that you wanted. And he would always just insist, it's okay, I'm, I'm older now, and I can accept that it might not ever happen. And then it would almost be like we like came to this conclusion that, okay, we're okay with that not happening in our future. But then he would bring it up again at some point. And so when I found out I was pregnant, I was really freaking out because I thought, how is he going to respond to this? How am I going to tell him this? Is he going to pressure me to keep it? Is it going to destroy our relationship if I don't keep the baby? You know, it was, I was kind of spiraling about it while I was home and I didn't want to tell him until I saw him in person. So he asked me if he could pick me up from the airport and I thought, oh yes, thank you. That's great. I would feel very comforted by that. He had also told me in these days that he was going to need to go back to Europe for a couple of weeks for work and that he would be leaving like soon after I got back to Mexico City. He comes to the airport. We're in the car on the way back to my apartment. I have in my mind that one, I need to tell him about the pregnancy and two, thinking that he's going to be leaving soon and I'm going to have to go through this whole situation by myself. And so he first, while we're in the Uber, he asks me if I would like to go that Saturday, which is supposed to be the day before he's supposed to be leaving for this work trip, if I would like to go with him to meet his whole family to his nephew's birthday party. Because I had met his brothers before, but I hadn't met his parents yet. But you're not dating right now, right? Well... 
We were supposed to have a conversation about that when I got back, but that's pretty much the first thing he said to me was, I want you to come to this party and meet my family. So we honestly like never even ended up having a conversation about whether or not we were together. We just kind of were. Slipped right back in. Okay. Got it. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. He invites me to this birthday party and then he tells me, and by the way, this trip that was supposed to be two weeks is now going to be two months long. I'm still, you know, sitting here with the the knowing of the pregnancy that he doesn't know. And I'm just like, oh my God. And I look out the window and I just start sobbing. Maybe not sobbing because I think it was subtle enough that he didn't even realize I was crying. But I mean, inside, I was like, I was a mess inside. We got back to my apartment. We sat on the couch and I said, I really need to tell you something. And then I started really, I was hyperventilating. I couldn't breathe. I could barely speak. And he was very concerned, of course, what's going on, Lena? Are you okay? Is it something about your health? He was very worried. I finally just like, just blurted it out as like, I'm pregnant. I mean, it was like the soul just left his body. He was just staring in front of him, his eyes just bugging out of his head. I mean, he didn't speak for the longest time. I was just waiting and waiting. And then I finally said, are you okay? How are you feeling? What's going on? He said, I'm just, I'm in shock. You know, I said, I need you to know that I don't intend to keep this baby. He was quiet for a while again. And then he said, of course, I understand. It's your decision. It's whatever you want. I completely support you. It's completely up to you. And we'll go about this however you want to go about it. And I felt relieved and I felt very supported. And I thought, again, this is evidence of who I really know him to be or who I really believe him to be. I asked him how he was feeling and he said that he was sad because it was what he had really been wanting, but that he really respected how I felt and respected my decision. And he said that he would not let me go through it alone, that he would change his flight so that he would leave for this work trip a few days later so that he could come with me to the clinic. I just felt very... very relieved. Like, okay, this did not blow up in the way that I feared. Would you say it endeared you to him or him to you even more just seeing how supportive he was and absolutely now you're emotionally attached to him even that much more? Yep. Absolutely. (laughs) We ended up going that Saturday to his nephew's birthday party where I met his parents and I had an abortion scheduled the next day. It was a very awkward day for me because we had also had some kind of miscommunication just before going to the party. And I was under the impression, (laughs) I was under the impression that the whole family knew that I was pregnant and having an abortion the next day. When in reality, they did not, actually, I don't know. I don't know what they knew, but apparently they did not know that. But I went through the whole day thinking, that they knew that. And it was so awkward because there were little kids everywhere. And 
I actually love children. I mean, even though I don't want my own, I really love kids. And I felt like I couldn't play with the kids because people would be looking at me thinking like, oh, well, isn't she a terrible, hypocritical person? And oh my God, it was just the most uncomfortable situation. And then the next day, I mean, I told him my understanding had been that everybody knew. And he was like, no, they didn't. Why would I have told them that? So we went to the clinic. I had the procedure. He had assured me that he was going to spend the whole day with me afterward. When we got back to my apartment, we took a nap for a little bit. I don't know. Maybe we slept like an hour. And then he got a phone call. And then he said, I need to leave right now. I'm going to have lunch with my family. That's what he told me. And I was like, well, uh, but you told me that you would spend the whole day here with me, you know? And he said, it's a goodbye lunch. It's an important thing. We have to talk about some stuff before I leave and I'm going. And again, I was like, well, this is very bizarre. But again, I mean, I really trusted him at the time. I really did. It was like two or three days after that, that he left for this work trip to Europe. And he was supposed to be in London for two weeks and then in Milan for the rest of the time. It just got more weird when he left. He was very distant. Before, when he had been away in Italy, like he would send me videos or like pictures of the things he was doing or the places he was going, or he would video call me kind of randomly. And none of that was happening. And he was barely speaking to me. I was like, well, can we, can we maybe just agree to set aside time to have one video call per week so that we can actually like connect and talk to each other And he's like, but I'm talking to you all the time. (laughs) And I was like, "Mm, well, you're not. And anytime you do text me, I can feel that you're doing other things, that you're distracted, maybe you're working, whatever. And I would just like us to have some time when we're just connecting. You don't need to text me more than you are. I just want to have this time that we set aside where we actually have the conversation with each other. He started telling me that I was being needy and that I was asking too much of him. And I just thought this is so bizarre because again, it's not really asking a lot to talk to your partner for one hour a week. And also before he wanted to talk to me all the time. So how is this being needy? You know, it was just so strange. Everything was so strange. I started to feel a lot of anxiety all the time. I was in my head all the time about what's going on. We were supposed to be planning a trip to Greece to visit my family. And he was just super non-committal with the plans. And he's a big planner. He's somebody who loves to plan, (laughs) but he just refused to plan anything or make any commitments about this trip to Greece with my family. He was also supposed to have come back to Mexico City for a month before our trip to Greece. But then it was like he just kept extending his work trip. He kept saying, this happened, like my boss got COVID. And so this review we were supposed to do got postponed or it was just this continual thing. It just kept getting elongated. And then he was like, well, I'm not going to be able to come back to Mexico before. So let's just meet directly in Greece. But it was just, 
strange. Like everything just felt so weird. I went to Greece on my own and he was supposed to be coming there. I think maybe 10 days after I got there and about a week before he was supposedly coming. And this is also like, we had had lots of conversations about why is he being so noncommittal? Again, I just felt like there's a lot of empty promises happening here. Even with his flight, I had asked him three times to send me his itinerary and he never did. And so I started to feel like, does he even have a ticket? Like, I don't know what's going on. A week before he was supposed to come, I just had this really terrible day of spiraling into all the thoughts of like, what is going on and what is happening? And is he even coming? And I feel like he's been avoiding me. And this is so weird. He had told me, I think it was the day before that I had that spiral. He had told me that the flight he found was like a seven hour itinerary. That had just stayed in my mind. And when I had this dark day, this spiral, I just started thinking about all of these things. I had started to think, is he actually where he says he is? Because he's telling me he's in Milan, but I know that he has an ex in Madrid. (laughs) And he had said some strange things about his ex just before leaving for this work trip. So I started to think maybe he's actually in Madrid. And then I looked up the flights, Sarah, (laughs) and there were seven hour itineraries coming from Madrid to my place in Greece. And all of the ones for Milan were like 11 to 15 hours. So I'm thinking like, "Mm, maybe he's actually coming from Madrid. And what has he been doing in Madrid telling me he's in Milan? And I had also, this is something I forgot to share, but when I was home, those couple of weeks where we were like kind of in this limbo and I had found out I was pregnant and I had had a dream that he had left me for his ex. It was a very vivid dream. It really upset me and it stayed with me. Like I sobbed the whole day and I don't know why, but it really affected me emotionally And that day I had decided that I was going to figure out who his exes were because (laughs) I didn't actually know. He had told me kind of his dating history and that he had been in this one relationship for 10 years in Italy. And then he had gone to Hong Kong for a master's program. And while he was in Hong Kong, he met this French girl and they started a relationship and then they moved to Madrid together And they had been in Madrid for six years and then they had broken up and he had moved back to Italy. And that's when I met him, when he was living again in Italy and considering his move back to Mexico City. And that's all that I knew, but I didn't know his ex's names or anything like that. But when I had this dream, I also just had this feeling like I need to know this information. And I had figured out on Facebook I mean, I really went deep into the digging, but I figured out who they were. And I just kind of held on to that. And so now I'm I'm in Greece. Fast forward a few months, I'm in Greece. Like everything's really weird. I'm having this really dark day. I researched the flights and I'm thinking, is he actually coming from Madrid? What is happening? Then I start looking at things on Instagram. And when we first met... He had been tagged in some photos by a girl who was in Mexico City and they were together and they were 
in groups, like with groups of people. And at the time, I just thought, I mean, honestly, I had a slightly weird feeling about it. But I also just thought she's a longtime friend. And he's just hanging out with his friends from, you know, high school or whatever. And I just assumed that she was one of those people. But when I was having this weird day, and I'm kind of looking into all the details of things, and I noticed that those pictures of him that had been tagged were gone, that she had deleted the pictures only of him, even in posts when there were like multiple posts with multiple people, only the ones of him had been removed. So I went to her Instagram profile. You know, I paid closer attention to the posts that she had made. And there were some posts that had been added the first months that he and I had been dating of places that he had gone in that time. And they were basically the same pictures that he had sent me. And she had posted them on like the same days he had been in those places even a trip he had taken to the beach for his birthday. He had gone to the beach with a friend of his who had the same birthday. And that was like in the very, very beginning of us dating. But he had texted me the whole time he was there telling me how he couldn't wait to see me, how much he liked me, how he really wanted to have a relationship with me. And I realized he was there with this woman And she has deleted these pictures of him and she had unfollowed him. And I just thought that's not the behavior of a friend. There had to have been something more going on there. You know, I was just kind of freaking out. (laughs) And the next morning I called him like to confront him about this situation, like to ask him what's up with this, because another thing from the beginning of our relationship is that I was very clear that I didn't want to be exclusive for those first months that we were together. Like until he actually moved back to Mexico City, I didn't want to be in a committed relationship with him. And he had been insisting that that's not the way he is. And he doesn't like to date multiple people at a time. And he really wanted to be exclusive, but he respected if I didn't want to be, but that's just not his way. So for me, it was just like, okay, this is weird because I mean, maybe you were dating somebody in the beginning when you met me and that's not against the rules, but also you were presenting this desire to be exclusive and telling me that you don't date multiple people at a time and all this, this is a weird incongruence, right? So I called him the next morning several times and he was online but he wasn't answering because we use WhatsApp to call each other. So you can see that somebody's on the app, but he wasn't answering my call. And that's just not normal. And it was like three hours later that he called me back. Again, that was just like unusual for the way that we had communicated up until that point. (laughs) So he called me back. The first thing I said is, where are you right now? (laughs) And he said, I'm in Como because Lake Como is where he had actually lived all these years when he lived in Italy. And he was supposed to be in Milan for this work trip, but it's only an hour away. So he had said, oh, I came to Como for the weekend. I'm in Como. I said, are you really? Because in my mind, I'm thinking like maybe he's in Madrid because why is he, you know, this flight thing that I had looked into. And he said, do you want me to send you my location? 
This is something that he had offered to do many times throughout our relationship to kind of show me quote unquote proof of like where he was or what he was doing or offered my brother can back me up on this. And I'd always be like, I don't even know why you're saying this to me. I don't need proof. I'm trusting you. Like, I don't even know why. I don't even know why you're bringing this up. It's kind of weird to me. And now, but in this moment when he offered, I said, yeah, I want to (laughs) see. Then I started asking him about his relationship history, like kind of the timeline of it, because I had started to think, well, actually, when he told me his first relationship ended and the second one started, it kind of felt like something about those timelines didn't add up when I really thought back about it. So I start kind of grilling him about all this stuff. And he's like, what's going on? But he remained really calm. He was so calm. And he's just telling me, he's like, why are you asking me all these things? And then I'm just like, well, because stuff is weird. (laughs) I want to know what's going on. You know, I said, and who is this person? And I named the girl that I had seen on Instagram, right? These posts of them together. And he's like, well, um, yeah, I mean, I had met her on Bumble as well before I met you when we dated for a little while, but then I ended that and I even told her I didn't want to be friends with her. I didn't maintain any kind of relationship with her. So I was like, well, that's interesting because (laughs) you went on trips with her after we had already started dating. Then it became like, oh no, we just went on those trips just as friends. And then I was like, but you just told me that you had told her you didn't even want to be friends with her. And he said, oh yeah, yeah, I did tell her that. I told her that just before I left Mexico City that I thought we shouldn't be friends anymore. And then I said, well, that's also interesting because you've liked every single one of her photos until February, but you're not friends with her. And then it's, you know, it became, well, why are you looking at what I'm liking? And why are you asking me these questions? It totally was turned around on me. I don't like the way you're talking to me. I can't believe you asked me to send, you know, you wanted to see my location and it <laughs> it's it's like you've backed a cat into a corner and now he had this is his only way out. He totally turned it around and really made it about how crazy I was acting. In that moment I was really upset. I was really like this doesn't make sense. He's clearly lying to me. I was very clear that he's lying to me. We end up ending the call and we didn't speak to each other until the next day. And he sent me a message that was basically, you know, I've, I've really thought about everything and I'm just really not happy with the way you spoke to me and no one has ever talked to me like that. And I've decided that I'm not coming to Greece. These aren't the right conditions under which to meet your family or whatever. And I really just can't believe how you acted. Nobody's ever questioned me like that before. Like So much distrust and... I mean, honestly, even then, even though I had been so clear when we spoke, this doesn't make sense. He is lying to me. Even in that moment, I started to think, oh my God, I'm probably overreacting and I probably am being crazy. This is my fault. And now my whole family's been waiting for him and now he's not going to come and it's all because of me. We just kind of honestly like had a conversation where I was trying to convince him to still come that we could talk about all this in person. 
because I was really thinking like, okay, yeah, I was the one who didn't want to be exclusive. And so I can't be upset if he had been dating somebody in the beginning and blah, 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 blah. Even though, again, it had gone against everything that he had been telling me at the time. In the end, it ended and he wasn't coming to Greece and our relationship was over. And then for a couple of days, I just felt... I couldn't stop thinking about this girl and wondering what was the real story there. And I decided to message her, just sent her a message. I explained, you know, I'm Daniel's ex. We just broke up because I thought that he might've been dating you at the same time as me. And I confronted him about it and our relationship ended. And if you're comfortable to share with me what happened between you, I would really appreciate that for my own peace of mind. And I'm happy to answer any questions you might have because I assumed that she had been lied to in some way as well. And she writes me back and she's like, wow, I honestly can't believe this because I really thought he was a different person. She said that they had been in a relationship from July 2021 until February. She said that he had broken up with her just when he moved back to Mexico City. So all those months that we had been dating, he had been in a relationship with her and also telling her that he was going to move back to Mexico City to be with her. She had been looking for apartments for them to live in together. They, I mean, he had gone on a date with me on her birthday. He had spent her birthday on a date with me, which was the day before they left for this birthday trip that they went on together. The work trip. (laughs) Yeah, well, (laughs) yeah, lots of work trips. (laughs) She lives in Mexico City as well. So you were both in Mexico City. Yes. Yeah. She also told me that he had left Mexico City later than he told me he had because he had actually ended up telling me that he needed to leave one or two weeks early because of work. (laughs) So he had left Mexico City. As far as I knew, he had left the end of October. And she said, no, he left in November. Then I realized because he had even sent me photos when he had been quote unquote back in Italy, he had sent me photos like, oh, here's my apartment. I'm like back to my morning routine. Like he had been sending me these pictures from Mexico City. When I knew that it was like everything just kind of clicked and I realized, wow, this is actually like there's so much manipulation that's been happening, so much deception This is not, oh, you know, I'm kind of hiding something. I felt like this is a sign of practice behavior. This is something that this person does regularly. That's the impression that I got when she shared that with me. And then it was like all these dots connected in my mind of all these different things that had happened or had been said. And I just realized this goes probably a lot deeper than I ever would have imagined. I start to think again about these weird things that he had said to me about his ex before he left for his trip. And I start thinking about the itinerary. He's coming to Greece at seven hours. That's from Madrid. 
And I decided I'm going to contact this ex of his too. And now I know, right? I know the names of these people because of this weird dream that I had some months ago. So now you're going to connect, you're going to reach out to that ex that's in Milan, right? Madrid. Got it. Got it. Okay. The list is long. (laughs) I know. I know. (laughs) I messaged her first on Facebook and I had the sense from what I had seen that she doesn't really use Facebook very much. And you know, when you're not friends, it like goes into a filtered folder. So I waited a few days. She never read the message. So I found her on LinkedIn and I got, I don't know, like a trial run of something that I could message somebody who I'm not connected to. And so I sent her the message there and I basically told her kind of the same thing. I'm Daniel's ex. We broke up about a week ago because I confronted him about somebody I thought he was dating at the same time we were in a relationship. And I've just been thinking about some weird things that he said in the last months. And so I felt like I should reach out to you because I have a feeling that he is somehow deceiving you and manipulating you as well. She answers me a couple of hours later And she's like, I'm sorry for the delay, but I really had to read this message so many times to wrap my mind around what you're telling me. She said that that they had been broken up for a year, but that they had gotten back together and that he had moved into her apartment in Madrid with her in May, which was when he had left for this work trip, right? She said they had gotten back together. He had moved in with her, that he had even gone to Madrid to see her on his way back to Mexico City, like in late January. So when he was telling you that he was in Milan and you were like, wait, the timing doesn't add up or that seven hour itinerary. So I want to make sure I'm tracking this correctly. You were right. He was in Madrid. Well... I think he really was in Italy, but he was planning to come to Greece from Madrid is what I think, because she and I ended up like she asked me if we could get on a phone call. And so I called her and we just started talking and putting the pieces together. Well, I mean, she was just like, I can't believe he's in a relationship or that he had been in a relationship that you met his family, you know, like she was just in shock about all of this. And she told me that they had had an argument and that he had left and gone to Italy. And so I think that's why he really was there. And she said, and actually, from what I understood, that was the second time he had gone back to Italy after he had gone to Madrid in May. And again, one of these times was for work. And the second time was because of this argument that they had had. And she said that What happened was that he went through her phone to see if she had been speaking to her ex (laughs) and they got in an argument about it. And so he left. She said that the whole six years that they had dated had been really rocky, that the relationship had been very complicated, that she thought it was always very strange that he never closed up things with his life in Italy. He would always keep going back to Italy You know, I was like, honestly, I really think there must be somebody in Italy as well. She's like, you know, I don't know. I mean, I've always just chosen to trust him because he was always such a kind and caring person. I really thought he was honest and believed everything he said. But now I'm like, well, I don't really, maybe I don't really know him at all. 
it was just interesting like to hear the way that she described situations that had happened between them or their dynamic. It sounded very similar to this weirdness that I had been experiencing with him. She told me that the issue of kids had always been a problem between them because she didn't want kids, but he always insisted that he could see himself having a family with her. There were so many sort of similarities in what we had experienced with him. She told him that she had spoken to me. She broke up with him. And then he sent me, (laughs) he sent me a very angry email He was like, why did you contact her? What did you hope to achieve with this? You've ruined my whole life. You've taken everything from me. We're not even together. I don't even understand what the point of this was. You know, and I was like, are you kidding? I mean, we were together the most of that time. You know, it's only been a week that we've been broken up. Oh, also, she told me the first part of his work trip when he was supposedly in London which is funny because I had friends in London and I was like, oh, do you want to meet up with them? And he was like, to be sincere, I don't want to meet your friends without you. I would rather not. Well, turns out he wasn't in London. He had gone with her to France to see her family, to visit them. That's what they were doing those two weeks that he was supposedly in London. She was like, my brother just had a baby and Daniel was so excited about the baby. And of course that created more conversations about them and are they going to have kids? And, and she had like reached a point where she said she was considering maybe I will have kids with him. Maybe that will, I don't know. I mean, she had just said that she had spent the night before our conversation laying awake in bed all night, asking herself, do I really want this? Do I really want to be in this relationship? is this actually going to work? And then she gets my message and I'm just like, well, here it all is. Here's what's really happening. He sent me this angry email and I was just like, you have to be kidding me. Like I, I can't even wrap my mind around how you could believe that you're justified in being upset about this. And that same day I got blocked from the Facebook account of the first ex, the woman that I thought he had been in a relationship with for 10 years in Italy. So I had been blocked from her Facebook the day that all of this happened. So I thought, okay, for sure he has to be with her also. And he is the one that has blocked me from her account so that I don't contact her as well, right? I was like, well, I really don't know how to get in touch with her because... I couldn't find her on any other platform and her last name, it wasn't her actual last name that she used on her Facebook. So I didn't know her full name. I didn't know how else to find her. I spent about a week thinking like, well, maybe, maybe it's not meant to be. Maybe I need to let this go. Maybe, you know, I just was really feeling conflicted about, do I want to continue to pursue this? But then I just, I would lay awake every night thinking about her if she really is in a relationship with him, they have been together for so long and her whole life has been a lie. That's all I can think, you know? After about a week, I asked my cousin, can I use your Facebook to look at her account and figure out another way to get in touch with her? So I looked through and I looked at like different comments on pictures and and I figured out there was a woman with her same last name who lived in Hungary. 
And Daniel had gone to Hungary in January or late December, something like that. So I thought, okay, they must be connected somehow, right? They are family in some way, but I wasn't exactly sure how they're related. But I decided I'm going to message that woman. You were on a mission. Yeah, I, I mean, I really was because I, I didn't think I could live with myself. I just let it go because it was really tormenting me to know, just to know that this woman is probably, she's just been lied to for so long. You know something that could be a key to freedom for her. Right. Yeah. I messaged this other woman and she gets back to me and she tells me that she's her sister. So it's her sister. And she says, are you aware of how long my sister and Daniel have been in a relationship? And I say, well, I, like, I'm not really sure. I mean, what he told me was that they had been together 10 years and they had broken up and he had been with this other woman. But I mean, like based on everything, I'm going to assume that it's been probably 15 or so years. Turns out that they've been together for 17 years. They had never broken up. And her sister was like, I, I really just, I'm in complete shock because there is no part of me that could ever believe that this person of all people could be capable of having a second or a third or even a fourth life, you know? I mean, but I was sending her, I was sending her screenshots of conversations I was having with other people. I sent her emails that he had sent me. She was just like, I can't even believe this. And I don't know how to tell my sister because it's going to destroy her. And she said that they actually were on holiday at the time. Daniel and her sister were at the beach. She's like, it just makes me sick knowing that they're together. Like I want him away from her as soon as possible, but I don't know how to tell her this. I mean, because she and I spoke over the course of a couple of days and we were just sending each other like 20, 30 minute voice notes back and forth. And she was also on holiday. So I think I kind of ruined her vacation, but she decided that she wanted to put pressure on Kim directly. So she sent him a message and she told him that she had spoken to me and that she knew all of this stuff and that she wanted him to end the relationship with her sister as soon as possible. You know, of course, he said, well, Lena is just crazy. She's obsessed with me. She's been messaging all of my friends and family. And I've told everybody to block her, which I had not messaged anybody except these women. He's telling her all this. But the sister, she also knows about the woman in, in Madrid. And I had put them in contact and they had spoken. And the woman in Madrid had sent her pictures of them together and everything. So she said, okay, and what about this woman? She didn't tell him that they had talked, but she said that I've also been contacted by this woman. Are you going to tell me that she's crazy too? And so he immediately said, do not respond to her. Don't answer her message. Let me talk to your sister first. She said, no, I don't want you to have any kind of conversation with her. I just want you to break up with her and get out. Just leave immediately. I'm choosing not to tell her all of this right now. For her own well-being, this is not to protect you in any way. This is for her, not for you. And he's like, yes, I understand that. And then I get an email from him. So this conversation that they're texting each other, the sister and Daniel, this was while they were driving 
they were back on their way back from their holiday, on their way back to Lake Como. And around the time that I imagine they must have arrived back home, he sends me an email. He says, I can't believe you even contacted her sister. You're a black hole. I've hurt people and I'm so ashamed of myself, but you take pleasure in causing pain. You've really thrown a wrench in things. How dare you? Right, right. Yeah, I mean, he just went off on me. I mean, I didn't respond at all. And then that night he told the sister that he had broken up with his girlfriend. So he told his girlfriend's sister. So the girlfriend that he'd been with for 17 years. Yes. He told her sister that he'd broken up with the other woman or with her sister? With her sister. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So he told her that it's ended. We broke up. But a day went by and she doesn't hear anything from her sister. And she thinks, well, this is weird because my sister would have told me, you know, me and Daniel, we've been together 17 years and we broke up, but I haven't heard from her. So she messages him again and says, oh, well, first she checked in with her sister. She said, hey, like, how was your holiday? How are you doing? And she was completely normal in her response. So she messaged Daniel again and she said, I know that you did not end the relationship. I mean, I really don't know how he thought he was going to get away with lying to her about this. But so she says, I know you didn't end the relationship. And do it now, or I will tell her everything. In the end, he ended up telling his girlfriend of 17 years that he had dated somebody for two months while he was in Mexico City. They broke up, and he took some time, got his things in order, packed everything up, which supposedly he had already done that to move to Mexico City. But of course, you know, that had never happened. He had never sent any of his stuff to Mexico City, like he had said. So he packed up his things. He left. So that happened. All of this, all of this happened in August of 2022. And then in October, eventually the sister told her everything because it just seemed like she really couldn't let go of seeing him in this really good light and saying, you know, like I shared so much of my life with him and he's such a good person. And I know he did this thing, but it'll always be really special to me. And her sister said that every time she would say things like that, it just made her sick. And so she decided I have to tell her. After 17 years, this woman in Italy still had no idea that he'd been living multiple lives. Nothing had tipped her off that you know of? Mm Mm-mm. No. Wow. We eventually spoke because she did contact me and she contacted me to thank me. She said, you saved my life. You know, sometimes I look at pictures and I just don't know what my life would have become if I had stayed with him because he had convinced her to move to Madrid. So, I mean, I think because, right, he wanted to be close to the other woman. And before that, he had been trying to convince her to move to Mexico City So he was trying to consolidate where he could. Yeah, exactly. And so she had said, I'm not moving to Mexico City. I don't want to live there. And so they had agreed that they would move together to Madrid. And then it was around that time that they made that plan. He actually started trying to convince me to move to Greece, like to live in Greece instead of Mexico City. So I do think, yeah, he was trying to get us all like closer because it would be easier to manage you know? No kidding. And what she told me is that 
he had been up until January of 2021, which is when he had broken up with the girl in Madrid the first time, like after the six years they had been together. She said up until that point, he had been the perfect boyfriend. They were like the kind of couple that everybody looks at and like, oh, you guys are like so lucky and in love. So she said nothing had ever been weird until about a year before all of this happened. So what I can't get over and what still stands out to me is how strong your intuition was. I mean, we have such a hard time. It's really hard. Everyone says, listen to your gut, listen to your gut. It was right the whole time. But you had real logic at the same time that's arguing with you. You can't always just act on a gut impulse and go, Mm -hmm. wait, you know, maybe there, because there are valid reasons that you could be wrong. You kind of do have to sort of wait it out and see if there's actual proof, like tangible evidence. Yeah. But it is interesting to look back and see how your intuition was screaming at you from the beginning and that dream, holy cow. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the dream, especially, it was so bizarre. Like, I can't tell you how real, how real it felt. And that I just had this feeling like, this is like a message. (laughs) That's how I felt like this is a message. And that's why I decided to figure out who his exes were. And it's so funny because I, I have actually always been very curious about the exes of my boyfriends, not in a weird, jealous kind of way, but I'm always like, oh, I wonder what did they connect about? Or like, what was their connection like? And I've always been so curious and I've always known who my boyfriend's exes are. And this was the first time that I had no idea who they were. I didn't make any effort to figure it out. I didn't exercise that same curiosity I normally have, which was unusual for me. And it wasn't until like months and months into our relationship when something felt really weird that I was like, "Hmm, I kind of want to know this information. It feels important. Yeah. I'd be curious to know if if you've ever thought it through why you think you just kind of turned off that side of you when it came to this relationship for whatever reason, just to maybe swept up in everything. You did say you got serious really fast. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know if it was that. I think there were several things that were kind of atypical for me in a lot of ways. I also, I study astrology. I, I read people's birth charts and I had his birth chart. I had his birth chart from the very beginning and I never read it. It was almost like there was a part of me that didn't want to know maybe what I would find or discover, you know, a more wise part of me that knew that something's off. And of course, even in a birth chart, it's not like it presents you with some absolute. It's still representative of possibilities. But now when I look at the chart, I'm like, well, some of these things pointed to very like potentially dysfunctional behaviors or patterns if I had really looked at it, but I never did. Then I shared with you before, I think in the beginning when when all of this kind of unfolded, my first reaction was to be angry with myself in a way. Gosh, Lena, you're so stupid, you know, like you had all these signs and you had all these feelings and you ignored it and look what happened, you know. But I also really think that everything had to kind of unfold exactly as it did with the timeline that it did for me to be able to put together all of the pieces. And if I had really listened to myself sooner, 
I would not have had the information I ultimately ended up with in order to let the other women know what was happening. Yes, maybe I would have saved myself a lot of heartache and anxiety and whatever. I mean, I would have saved myself some of that if I had listened to myself sooner, but I also wouldn't have been able to tell the other women the truth. You had so much more ammunition to dig and find these people and help get them out as well. And it's funny because the way I look at it and hearing you tell the story, you didn't overlook much. You did respond and react to things and point things out, but you waited until you had enough because it's none of us are totally immune to the mind games that someone like him can play. And it sounds like he was really, really good at it. So right when he would lose a little bit of control, because you would notice something, he would flip back to the version of him that you were falling for. And it would mess with your brain a little bit, but you didn't ignore everything. You were pretty on top of stuff. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, I really was, I really was bringing up my concerns and he would always have a way to explain them away. And the calmness is what gets me too. You mentioned how just calm he was. I think a lot of the time what gets us or what keeps us in these situations is we can see something very clearly and call this person out for it. And it's their confidence and calmness in the moment that throws us for a loop and really does start to make you doubt your own sanity. Because how on earth could they stare you right in the eye and say that did not happen or you saw that wrong or, oh, it's because of this. And you think, oh, I need to calm down because they're so calm. Yeah. Yeah. Throughout the whole, the whole experience, I was just really taking on so much responsibility and feeling like, okay, everything that I'm seeing or feeling or everything that seems strange, like it's somehow my fault. And even when he would take responsibility for something, In the moment, I really felt like, oh, I love this quality of his that he can take responsibility for himself, you know, and maybe the things he's, I don't know, should be doing differently or whatever. And in the moment, I really loved that about him. But when I look back, even those moments were very manipulative. He still somehow managed to actually turn it around some way, like he's taking responsibility, but I'm still the one that's ending up feeling guilty or that I'm to blame or at fault in some way. And something I've really struggled with a lot, was he aware of how manipulative he was? Because obviously he knew he was lying to me about a lot of things and to all of us, like, right, he knew that he's lying and he's hiding things. He does have these multiple lives But I often ask myself, did he really intend to be as manipulative as he was? I think it's a good question. It's hard. I don't have a professional perspective on that, but I have to wonder. I don't think so. I don't think they fully understand because if they did, that would be a sign that there is some sort of a conscience. And I think this is a habit built out of survival or what they maybe feel they need to do to get love you know, there's something missing there. There's something they're trying to make up for or fill. And they see it as more of a personal need rather than harm that they're putting on someone else. I don't, it's hard to get in that headspace. I'm curious to dive in for a couple minutes too, just about your healing process over the last few months and how you're doing. If there's been anything that stood out to you that has helped you 
move past it, an aha moment or something that you feel has been really healing? It really impacted me for, I mean, honestly, it hasn't even been a year since all this happened. So I think all things considered, I'm doing, I'm doing very well. But for the first months, it created a lot of anxiety for me because he was very close to me in Mexico City. I just felt very aware all the time when I was walking around my neighborhood, the area of the city that I lived in. Like I didn't want to see him. I was very intentional about avoiding the area where I knew he would be staying. And there was one time when I was walking with a friend of mine and my friend was, they were looking for something. And so they had the map open and they were kind of leading the way. And I was following without really paying very much attention. And I looked up at one point and there was this convenience store to my left and I just stopped breathing. And it was like, I went into complete panic mode and I yelled out, I have to get the fuck away from here. Like I just said that. And then it was only after I said that, that I realized I was on Daniel's street and that my body recognized where I was before my mind did was just so unconsciously there with me. And then as I shared with you, I started recording my own podcast to share my experience. Really what I wanted to do was kind of help people identify these very subtle signs of emotional and psychological abuse. But I found that like working on that project was keeping it too present for me that I was finding myself feeling angry every day or having a really hard time moving past my general distrust of all humanity after this. And it was too present. So I decided I want to step away from this project. Maybe I can come back to it in the future when I feel more centered and more grounded. And so I put a pause on that. I think I made that decision in January or like mid-February. And honestly, it helped me so much. It really helped me to just kind of out of sight, out of mind kind of thing, because I had been focusing on it so much, especially the details, which would just bring my nervous system into chaos. And then at the end of February, I met the most beautiful person. (laughs) And I'm so happy and I'm so in love. And I really thought like I'm never going to be able to trust anybody again. But I really wholeheartedly trust this person. And I've never, ever had any intuitive sense that things are strange. Yes, my paranoia has kicked in. Like there have been times when I'm like, Oh my God, is this a repeat? Or am I just being stupid? Or they're definitely like the fears that come up, but I always tune in with my body and I'm like, no, this is not the same feeling. This is not my gut. This is for sure. My mind just being afraid about what I've already experienced. And I think that's been one of the biggest lessons and takeaways from this experience is that My body is so wise and I can trust it. I can trust my intuition. And I think when I really trust myself, I have the discernment to know whether or not someone else can be trusted. And that's amazing that you can stop and assess and ask yourself, where am I feeling this? Is this 
a brain habit? Is this just a, you know, a self-protective measure? Or is this my intuition speaking to me again? And now you can discern the difference. Right. Because there's a natural fear there too. Yeah, of course. I mean, right after this happened, there were even people that I've known like 15, 20 years that I found myself thinking like, oh my gosh, has everything I've ever known about them been completely made up? Because that just happened. So it's possible, you know, I mean, I really was really questioning everything and everyone. And then I just thought like, no, I have the wisdom to know I can feel intuitively if something is right or wrong. I mean, I proved that to myself through that relationship was like, every time that I dismissed my intuition, I was actually right. So I'm just intentional about reconnecting with what it was to actually feel the intuition, right? Do you feel that this experience, I mean, not only has it enriched or has it grown your trust in yourself, so you did gain that from it, but has it enriched your experience with this person that you now are with too, that you think it would have been different if you hadn't had that past experience? In some ways, yes. I mean, it's kind of hard to say, but I definitely feel that I'm just so much more grateful for what I'm experiencing now. I think it's easier to really consistently sit in a space of gratitude for what I have because of how different it was And I've honestly, I mean, before Daniel, all of my exes were really great people. And I had good, healthy, I mean, for the most part, relationships, of course, we all have our our things to work through with everybody because we're all mirroring each other. But I had good relationships with really good people. And I think now, though, there's just this element of I just always feel so grateful. (laughs) I'm so happy to hear that and so glad that you've had some time. And I know I've said this before that meeting someone else isn't the cure all. It's not, this doesn't mean now you can magically heal, but it is a beautiful thing. And it does help some of those past relationship wounds that are specific to the context of a relationship. It's special to be able to go back and fill those in and heal that. I'm just really glad to hear that that's where you're at now. And I'd be curious (laughs) my own curiosity, those poor other girls, especially the one that was with him for 17 years. I hope she's thriving. I know. I mean, I, I don't know. It's hard to imagine like what it must be like for her. And I don't know. I don't suppose you're in, you've been in touch with any of them since. No, I had checked in with her maybe about a month after she first contacted me just to say, you know, I've really, I keep thinking about you and I hope you're okay. And And she, I mean, she says like, it means a lot to her because it feels like I care about her more than he did. He has never contacted any of them again or or me. None of us have ever heard anything from him again. Wow. Imagine investing that much of your life in someone. I know. I kind of feel like it's probably similar for them, like in the same way that the podcast was keeping it present for me, that maybe like us being in touch keeps the situation present for them. There was one girl, I mean, because also I didn't share this, but I also found out that he had been dating and like sleeping with some other women in amongst all of this that was happening. And one of them, (laughs) she and I actually became really good friends, but I think it was different for us because in comparison to the other women, we had not spent as much time with him. It had not been as 
you know, I mean, these people had invested years of their life with him. And for us, I think it was a little bit easier to be a little bit removed. So we were able to have a friendship, a relationship. And I just think that maybe that would be too hard for the other women, you know? Yeah, you need some time to let things settle and process. Thank you for, you know, coming back and going through this with me and being willing to recount it all. Thank and you. I hope, I know you've needed some time to kind of separate yourself from it, but I do hope that sharing this in this context is a part of the healing process to some degree as well. Yeah. I, honestly, I think so, just because I know that it resonates with others. That's really why I want to, right? Exactly. Thank you for being here, for subscribing, and for coming along with me as I learn the world of podcasting in this community take shape. I have so many incredible stories coming next that I'm honestly having a hard time waiting each week to share the next one with you. If you found value in these conversations and you haven't already left a review, it would mean the world if you took a quick moment to write one or just share this with a friend who would appreciate it. Reviews and word of mouth are what grows a podcast. If you would like to help sustain this project, you can go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash space and purpose, and all contributions go directly to supporting the ongoing costs of this podcast. If you can relate to any of the stories you've heard so far due to an experience with a manipulative or toxic person, and you feel you've successfully put some distance between you and that experience, you might want to consider reaching out to me via email so we can talk about sharing your story. That email is spaceandpurpose at gmail.com. Now, this isn't necessarily a platform to out someone or air frustrations, but hopefully to validate or affirm someone else that might relate and needs the encouragement. Last but not least, if you found this episode to be impactful, you will always make my day by posting about it in your Instagram stories and tagging me at Space and Purpose. I would love to hear from you.